out some time to go surfing and stuff and get in the water so surfing i didn't know you were a surfing guy i mean being from florida i don't want to assume so yeah well it's, i i, I kind of grew up surfing so it was a uh, surfing and fishing and racing those were my my three things growing up surfing fishing and racing the kyle kirkwood story boys and girls <laughs> well why don't we kick off our little show here called the week in indycar and hey you are not an indycar driver as of yet but i am crossing fingers i know many folks are crossing fingers hoping that you with the fine work you've been doing on the road to indy that beautiful cooper tire shod road to indy we will have you here in indycar very soon so Kyle, let's very quickly not only say big thanks to Cooper Tires for supporting our show, but also our great friends at the Justice Brothers and TorontoMotorsports.com. Before we get to the questions, Kyle, I don't know if you heard, there was some kid from Florida last weekend in uh, Monterey might have spanked everybody, everybody, including that final race on Sunday, pulling out 20-plus seconds, just really ridiculous so if you heard about that kid's performance any comments on uh on, on what you saw there <laughs> well yeah that that was uh, an incredible weekend for us in the, in the autosport guys um we we've had some tough weekends throughout the season where we expected to be really fast those being kind of barber and indy gp and we came into laguna after portland not being so good there and qualifying knowing we needed to be fast championship we're a few points behind so this is this was kind of our time to to stretch away and we came into laguna first practice and we were three or four tenths quicker um i guess w whatever we learned during off-season testing there we, we we went to laguna back in february and what we learned there definitely translated over to uh to what we had in the race and we we're three or four tenths quicker in both the qualifyings and then in the races there were points where we were seven tenths to even a second faster than the rest of the field. I think actually when I was watching some of uh, the IndyCar stuff, we were pretty similar in pace to some of the IndyCar uh, race times. So it's safe to say our car was absolutely on rails um, and I couldn't, it couldn't have worked out any better for us. Why don't we dive into the questions that have come in, my man? I'm going to start off with Ed Roberts. <laughs> Ed says, why jinx yourself by coming on to Pruitt's podcast before all is said and done with the Lights Championship? Look, we never said <laughs> Kyle was that smart. No, kidding aside. Yeah, I, you know, if things go sideways at Mid-Ohio for you, just know where to lay the blame. I'm ready to accept it. I'm always ready to accept the blame. Folks know I'm a bit of a moron. Uh, why don't we jump to the most obvious questions We've got a number of folks asking uh, a variety of the same things. Ryan Terpstra says, well, without confirming any details, is there a racing series you expect to be in next year? And on that front, I've heard, you know, there's definitely folks wanting you to be an IndyCar. I've heard that there's some folks that might want you to be racing electric vehicles. I've heard all kinds of good things, but do you have a feeling at this early point, Kyle, as to where we might find you next year? I mean, hopefully... I mean, the absolute goal for me is to be in IndyCar, right? I think anyone in the road to road to Indy coming up through the uh, through the last system wants to be in IndyCar. So that's my my ultimate goal. Obviously, getting the scholarship, the one point two five million, is a good incentive for any team to take a younger guy. And 
I imagine you'll probably see me back in some more IMSA stuff uh, with who I'm not really sure yet. We're still still got a long ways to go before the first round, so some stuff in the works there. But hopefully, both of those championships is where you'll find me. Nathan DeRover follows right on that theme, saying, "I expect IndyCar to be your primary goal," but says you've shown excellent skills in sports cars as well. Maybe open that up just a little bit at your young age it is not common for a lifelong carter and open wheeler to already be in the imsa weathertech sports car championship or similar we tend to see someone like yourself just sticking to that open wheel path maybe adding sports cars however many years down the road once you have an established career tell us about this this time with vassar sullivan so far in the Lexus RCF GT3 program in IMSA. You've done very well there. Is that different kind of endurance racing, multiple drivers in the same car? Uh, it's not all focused on you and your needs. Is that something you enjoy and you feel like you, you've really taken to so far? Well, it, it, yeah, a lot, a lot of the younger drivers don't really end up in IMSA that early. I think a lot of the reason why I ended up with with the Lexus group and Vasha Sullivan and the RCF GT3 was because we had that year hiatus and Indy lights. Right. So it was kind of a, a blessing for me to be able to get into that car and learn so much about endurance racing, fuel saving tire, all the strategy stuff, right. That's going to go pit stops. They're going to go into IndyCar. Um, that I think a lot of people weren't that aren't able to learn in Indy Lights or Indy Pro or what it might be um, prior to IndyCar. So it was really good for me to get into that. I really enjoy IMSA racing. I, I didn't realize actually how fun it is because the three drivers I've been, or sorry, the two other drivers I've been driving with is Aaron Tielitz and Jack Hawksworth. And they're both from the road to Indy. They've both done Indy Lights. They've done, Aaron's done some IndyCar testing. Jack drove an IndyCar, right? And our tendencies tend to be pretty much identical. So Jack's the one that sets up the car, then I get in it and it's exactly how I'd want the car. So it's been a ton of fun doing that with that group and, and just endurance racing so much fun. I don't, I don't know really how to explain it, but I probably had the most fun I've ever had in motorsports last year with, with the Vassar Sullivan crew. I love it. I love it. I love it. Why don't we move on to Jim Kaiser talking about Laguna. Jim is also the man who puts together our Q and a list each week. So, a little bit of priority here for the man assembling the question says your performance at Laguna Seca was about as dominant as anything we've seen in recent memory. Absolutely crushed the field in both qualifying sessions and both races. Since I was in the main grandstand Saturday on the hillside on Sunday, cheering you on like crazy. Says, did you feel like your car was especially hooked up and how in tune with the track did you feel it was an awesome spectacle to watch? He raises a, a fascinating subject, Kyle, and that is, although you're young, you've done a million races so far, you know that the, whether it's individual races or maybe a weekend where we have a doubleheader like this, it's a rarity when any driver, could be a champion, could be whomever, has that magic. And it seems like you can't do anything wrong. And you, it's like everyone else, uh, it only has two cylinders to your four or whatever else. These kinds of ass-kicking weekends don't come along too many times in a driver's career. 
what did it feel like having that take place? And was there a moment, maybe on Sunday when you're leading by a mile, where you're in the car going, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that going on at, at that race in Laguna. I mean, we've never, I don't think I've ever had such a dominant race, especially this categories. Um, and I had a thought to myself after, after that race weekend, I was like, you know, this might've been the last time I'll be this dominant during a race weekend. And, uh, it was definitely a good feeling, especially when we're this close in the championship battle and that race on Sunday, Saturday, I was saving quite a bit, um, just saving tires, trying to make sure everything's clean on the car or whatnot. But Sunday I was like, you know, I'm going to push really hard the entire race because I'm not going to really have a chance to save this much in my future. So I'm going to push the entire time and see exactly how much we can stretch it. And we were able to stretch it there 20 seconds by the end of the race. And I mean, that was just phenomenal. That was such a great feeling for us and the entire Andretti um, Autosport crew. No doubt about that. Why don't we go to Cody Oakwood? Says congrats on all of your success so far. Curious if you could name, say, three goals you'd like to achieve during your first year in IndyCar. Uh, what would they be? Again, we're, we're hoping and assuming you're an IndyCar driver next year, but provided you're there, hopefully full-time, do you have a couple of goals in mind beyond the obvious pole at every race, win every race, championship? Well, I think I have to be a little bit more realistic with, um, with how I set my goals. I don't there's pretty much no way that I'm going to carry the same exact success that I've had in previous categories into IndyCar. I mean, like there's no way that I'm going to go out and win half the races in IndyCar next year. Right. Um, I just don't think that's feasible. I think if man, if I could, if I get a couple podiums, maybe a win top 10, the championship rookie of the year, those are all realistic goals that, um, that I think are obtainable. And that's what I'm going to try and aim for. I think that, and then also uh, being named world sexiest man. I mean, that seems like one, you know, if you're going to go for it, go for it, man. Uh, as our cat Rocky <laughs> exactly. jumps up behind us here to join us for the show. Uh, why don't we go to windy car at car underscore windy on Twitter. It says not every successful road to Indy driver finds longevity in IndyCar. What have you learned about those who've effectively made the transition upward but maybe haven't had that long of a stay at the top. Um, is that something you've looked into? Is that something you've paid attention to? Try to figure out why uh, some either champions or, or front runners in Indy Lights might not uh, have more than a year or two uh, in, in the in the sun in IndyCar. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are for different reasons, right? Some of them for budget, some of them for performance or whatever it might be. So it's kind of just minimizing any of those implications that, um, that might cause you not to have a seat in IndyCar for future years. Um, I think keeping the car, a lot of times you see younger guys come in and they just can't keep the car clean, right? They might be fast, but they are tearing up equipment and nobody really likes to see that, especially the teams costing them money. So um, I think that's going to be, very important if I if I make it to IndyCar next year is to have good performance, but also keep the car very clean. Um, and that's but at the time I just the best I can do, and hopefully it all it all pans out right. But um, I mean, there's there's so many different reasons why maybe you won't have a, a ride for the next year. But I think after you get two or three years down the road, it's much, much kind of keep 
I think our Wi-Fi is giving us the middle finger again, but that's okay. Let's go to our friend Elaine Sinclair, Kyle. She says, if you could have any driver from your years on the road to Indy as your teammate in IndyCar, who would you choose and why? Uh, also, who would you love to have an IndyCar rivalry with? I don't know if it's it's your buddy who's wearing a friendship bracelet while you do not uh, in response, but uh, curious what you think about uh, Elaine's couple of questions. I think, I mean, all the guys that have been in Indy Lights in the past couple of years are all pretty close to me. Um, I mean, Pato, I grew up racing on the same team with in karting. Colton, I raced against in karting, and he's now with Andretti, right? And Oliver, I mean, I've known since I was four years old. So there's there's an immense amount of drivers that I think um, I can get along with and do well with. But if I had to, if I had to choose one, um, I'd probably say Oliver because we've been teammates in the past um, on multiple different teams and we've worked really well together. So that would be the one I would pick. What about... Uh, someone you wouldn't want to be your teammate. Let's go the opposite direction. Let's get spicy. Who would you say? Not a chance. Uh, either because they're too good, or you just that it's a personality conflict that might not pan out in either driver's favor. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure to be honest. I don't. There. So Colton Herta. He's a terrible person, right? He kills <laughs> small furry animals whenever he gets the chance. Clearly, <laughs> the guy's depopulating Northern California's rodent, uh, bunny rabbits, and, and squirrels. So, just you know, on that that term alone, clearly, never partner with him. Terrible kid, <laughs> right? No, I actually I get along with Colton really well. I think we would work t- together pretty well. But I mean, I would say it would have to be somebody that I probably don't already know in um, in IndyCar that I'm not. I guess I haven't had a relationship with because I mean, everyone that I know in it, there's no, there's no true rivalry because I mean, it's, it's only been the guys that have been recently out of Indy lights, um, that I've raced against. And I mean, all of them, all of them I'm pretty close with. So none of them are, I would be like, Oh, I don't want to race with this guy. There's no way. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure who that would be, to be honest. I think next year, if I end up in any car, I might have a, better answer for you <laughs> yeah oh i can't wait <laughs> that's gonna be a good one. bourdais as well that guy's terrible oh man i'm telling you <laughs> uh let's see zach dean says kyle nice job in indy lights this season getting to know the younger and newer drivers and road indy is important so i have a critical question what driver was your hero growing up and were you ever able to meet them i love the growing up part like you i think you're still kind of growing up but nonetheless uh, is there a driver you're like, yeah, that that that's my that's my one. You, you know, when I was younger, it was uh, it was actually Dale Earnhardt Jr. Really, I always I always drove with the number eight all through karting through the lower levels of cars, and I, at one point somebody took the number eight from me um, in karting, so I switched to just twenty eight, and it's kind of ironic how I've ended up in the twenty eight car in Indy Lights with Andretti. It's not a number that I could pick. So, yeah, Dale Earnhardt was, was my guy. I, st- I remember I had a, um, I went to a, it's like a bumper cart thing in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I drove the Budweiser number eight 
it, it looked like a, like a miniature NASCAR, and I, <laughs> I I absolutely adored Dale Earnhardt Jr. So that was uh, that was my guy growing up. Oh, that is so brilliant. Uh, let's see, Dave Heisen, bit of a, a future minded question. It might not actually impact you, but obviously uh, I've written, and I know some others have written that we're expecting uh, Penske Entertainment to uh, return Indy Lights. Uh, to their hands and look after running it in the future. You know, you've obviously succeeded at every stage on the road to Indy under uh, Dan Anderson, Michelle Kish, Anderson Promotions, uh, managerial talents. But any thoughts, man, as someone who's uh, just a, a week or two away from being done on the road to Indy of uh, whether you think uh, Penske's influence might have a, a positive thing for the future? And he's also, uh, Dave's also curious about, uh, the freedom 100. Is that something you wish had been able to take in part in? Yeah. Well, I think Penske's influence and in everything is positive, especially with racing. They've got a lot of heart in it and, um, they've done immense things with IndyCar, I believe. So if, uh, if they're the ones taking over Indy lights, I think that's going to be huge. Cause then I believe that there'll be incentives for IndyCar team to take on Indy lights drivers like there has been in the past. And um, I think it would just be awesome for for the younger category because right now there's so there's so much European interest right now in the lower categories under IndyCar, that being Indy Pro 2000, USF 2000, and Indy Lights. And um, I mean, I know there's a bunch of people knocking on Andretti's door and HMD's door, and I think it's going to be a growing series. So having Penske on board would just even make it that much better. What about on the, uh, I know the question was about the Freedom 100 and not being able to do that uh, in Indy Lights, but spin that out to a slightly wider question, Kyle, and that being in the not-too-distant past, ovals were definitely a, a, a bigger concentration during the uh, road to Indy calendars, especially by the time you would get to Indy Lights. What are your thoughts there? Assuming we're going to get you next year, hopefully full-time in IndyCar, I don't know if I'd be able to say you have had, will have had as much oval experience as some of your predecessors coming into IndyCar from Indy Lights. Is that something you feel, or I don't know if concerned about is the right way to put it, but mileage-wise, you would be coming in IndyCar with probably less overall oval mileage uh, than a number of Indy Lights stars in the past. Yeah, I, t I tend to agree with you on that. Um, I mean, I know he's done multiple ovals in, in previous years, and here we only had the one oval at, at St. Louis um, at Worldwide Technology Raceway. So it would have been nice to do the Freedom. That's um, obviously one of the best events, I think, as per year, and we weren't able to do it this year. But with that being said, yeah, I think there's a, a – a little bit of lack of knowledge for ovals in general. Um, there's there's a few ovals on the IndyCar schedule that I would have never gone to, and um, it's it's a little bit disappointing. But I mean, I'm sure I'll figure it out. I've grown up racing street courses and road courses and whatnot, so that's kind of what I've loved to do. But as I've gone up through the ladder system in in all the road to Indy, I. I, the oval stuff has really grown on me because I mean it's just so technical with 
what you do to the car, you instantly feel it, which is not normal for road courses. So I've, I've really liked doing the oval stuff and I think there was a lack of it this year in, in the road to Indy. Let's get down to our last couple of questions. Then you can uh, head back out and do some more surfing. Uh, why don't we go to Mitsuki Matsura? Always love when Mitsuki takes time to send things in. Says, hi, you guys. Says, Colton eats tacos. Polo enjoys fried chicken uh, when they win, respectively. What is a race-winning tradition for you? Says, it doesn't necessarily have to be food, but I'd love to hear if there is a food component that comes with a Kyle Kirkwood victory. Oh, man, there, there really isn't. There's no, there's no food component that I have, but after I win a race, so for instance, on, on Saturday, right? So I win, uh, win the first race and come into Sunday, we've got another race. I have to do everything identical that I did on Saturday. So, I mean, I've got like different socks that I wear for each day and I got to wear a certain type of shoes. And Are you I, telling well, us you wore the same underwear two days in a row? I no, really hope no, you're not. I don't do that. I've got, I've got special ones for each day special so, underwear that that might yeah. be a separate podcast all by itself to figure per, out kyle's special underwear per day i've got i've got different underwear that i wear um <laughs> and it's got to be on that day, right so i've got my saturday my sunday my my testing day same with socks too and like on saturday i gotta wait if if i win on saturday then i come into sunday i gotta wake up at the same time go get the same go get the same coffee i gotta have everything on the same exact schedule because if if I don't have it on the same schedule and it doesn't work out, I blame it on one of those things. So <laughs> try and uh, minimize any, any, anything that has changed throughout the, the two days that I can blame it on. So I, I do have a little superstition, but there's no, there's no food that I would be like after, after a race win that I get to treat myself to. There's no, nothing like that. So that's cute. Um, I love the fact that of course, your driving skill, of course, couldn't be the reason why you would win uh, the, the race the next day. It'd have to be <laughs> maintaining absolute precision on all your behaviors and everything else. Um, but there's also room here to develop that, uh, that food-based or drink-based celebration. So uh, let's see. Uh, at Xsiege24F1 from Twitter says, Does pineapple belong on a pizza, Kyle? No, that's a, just an absolute no. I don't. I do, I do not believe pineapple should be on a pizza. I don't like pineapple, anyways. Um, I like all fruits except for pineapple. So just putting it on pizza is just ridiculous. That's a correct answer. That is absolutely correct <laughs> answer. We're gonna go with uh, a couple more questions and a, and a statement that we're gonna say farewell. Shauna Oakwood says the most important question for any future car indie car driver, and she's spot on here. What are your thoughts on the movie Driven, Kyle Kirkwood? Never seen it. <laughs> I've actually never seen it. Never seen it. I've never seen the movie Driven. I gotta be honest with you. Oh, man, I feel <laughs> so bad for you because actually looking in the Indie Lights rules, you cannot be crowned champion unless you've watched <laughs> the movie Driven. So you've just played yourself, dude. You've wasted all these wins <laughs> on nothing. Well, you've got time. You've got time I've between got, now and Ohio. This week, I gotta watch it this week make it happen we need a we need a report and when you do see it i know that you're going to probably need to replace your phone because you will destroy the keyboard with all the comments you uh you will be unable to hold back on on (laughs) social media 
Uh, let's go to Zach Eckler with our penultimate question for you. Actually, it's not a question. It's just uh, a nice little uh, submission. Kyle, so happy for you this season. Says, also, I work for Legacy Auto Sport, another road to indie team, and hanging out with your grandma at Mid-Ohio was so cool. She is a very happy and very nice lady. Uh, good luck for the rest of this year and for next season. So that's a nice little submission from uh, Zach. Tell us about uh, Grandma Kirkwood. Yeah. Is she, so uh, she one of your number one supporters? She is definitely my biggest fan. She comes to every race that she can. Um, she won't tell me her, her age. I can't tell you how old she is. She's, in her, she's definitely in her mid-80s, but she anytime I ask her age, she won't let me see her ID. She's 21 in some months. So that's the thing. And then, yeah, she came to every single one of my races since I was really young. She w- she won't even watch it on TV, though. She's like, I just want to see the transponders because that's all she'd be able to see when, when I was in karting. And she's definitely my biggest supporter. I mean, if you saw her after the race on on Sunday uh, on Peacock TV, came, she came running up screaming. And Georgia, the uh, lady for NBC, was like, like who is who's this running up? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. It's my, my grandmother. She has to come running can't she can't refrain um but she is my biggest supporter and probably my biggest advocate is she she goes to everyone saying i that they need a root for me so um i'm very thankful for her and hopefully we can hopefully can be with me all the way to the top to any car that would be so awesome let's uh let's say farewell to this episode with a question from james counter says seeing the photo that was used and the call went out for questions for this episode. You standing on the podium at Laguna Seca, your uh, podium pals showering you in champagne, pouring it on top of your head. James asks, what's it like to get truly soaked in champagne? And how do you wash it out? It is uh, it's a, it's a great feeling at first, but as soon as you walk off the podium, you're like, man, I smell like straight champagne and when when you have david malukas up there he's not 21 so you just have great juice all over you uh, <laughs> but sticky I, fortunately fortunately we've got two suits so like the first day you get that one soaked and that one just goes straight inside a laundry bag and then next day i've got another one that that i can use and it doesn't smell like straight champagne it's uh might have used it in one of the practice or tests before but yeah, it's just got to go straight inside the laundry machine after that. there's uh, You don't really want to be smelling those things after a race. See, the fun part coming for you is you winning an Indy Lights race and then having to do whatever smallish amount of media. You're able to get back to the transporter in a short amount of time, get changed, whatever it is you might do. You get the IndyCar and you succeed there and you get on the podium Oh, brother, it's going to be an hour, hour plus till you're done with all the ceremonies and media and TV and whatnot. It's going to go. It's going to get cold. It's going to get sticky. It's not going to be. That's going to be the part that's not the best. But we're going to need an update on this when you get your first IndyCar podium. So for James Counter, a bizarre question, but I'm glad he asked. I don't know if I've ever heard this one asked before. Um, We're going to do a little bit of a compare and contrast. So uh, you're our man. You're our guide on fluids being sprayed on a podium and how uh, a race car driver deals with it afterwards. Um, I think that's about as awkward a close to the show as we could come up with Kyle Kirkwood. Um, <laughs> talking about your grandma and being sprayed with uh, uh, liquids from, from other drivers. There you go. Um, 
<laughs> Thanks for taking some time, my man. Do look forward to seeing how the season pans out for you. Honestly, whether you're the champion, Malukas is the champion, confident we're going to see the two of you in IndyCar, and confident that, like, hey, we've got a 22-year-old uh, and a 24-year-old. One of those two is going to become the next IndyCar champion. Just really awesome knowing that we have more young talent, super, super talent coming up to join them here in the very near future. So thanks for taking some time, my man, and congrats on, holy cow, what a butt-kicking weekend. Yeah, thank you so much, Marshall. It's been great being on here with you. I really appreciate it.